0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Yoga Alliance Community Sangha. So usually I begin the Sangha with pranayama practice. And today I would like us to chant Om together. And we will begin to center ourselves with the sound of Om. one of the most powerful words that exists, that is in our world. It's just powerful and we're going to use it today and we're going to chant ohm until we run out of breath and then i'll probably begin us again so there'll be three ohms make sure you're seated comfortably with your feet flat on the floor clear your throat if you must and let us begin take a breath in and we'll begin to chant oh Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Peace, peace, peace. I'd like to share a reading. Spread kindness. My religion is kindness, the Dalai Lama. Once the Dalai Lama, spiritual leader of the Tibetans, was asked, if someone were to do only one spiritual practice Which one should he choose? He answered, practice kindness. Through kindness, we can be embraced through love and friendships. We share our divine love with every human being when we practice kindness. Kindness is soul medicine, it revives the weary and shelters us from the harshness of daily reality. Just take that in. Practice kindness. I am really pleased today to have Sherry Ryan joining us this is her second appearance, so she's going to be offering part two of the koshas, the first and second koshas. Sherry is the founder and the director of Yoga Vidya, and that's a yoga studio and alternative healing center in Ashaway, Rhode Island. She's a student of Hatha, Kriya, and Kundalini Yoga, and she has been practicing for 48 years. Vidya, Sherry facilitates classes and retreats throughout the world. She has 35 years of experience in the study of macrobiotics, Ayurveda, kinesiology, and traditional five element theory. Presently, she leads Kriya Yoga initiation in the U.S. and loves traveling to esoteric foreign lands for spiritual study. Sherry, Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Welcome.
1: Thank you, Maya. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, okay. so we're moving on. Um, today we're going to take a, a more in-depth approach to the koshas. We spoke about the koshas generally the last time I talked, and today we're going to cover the first and second layers, and also I'm going to be giving some recommendations uh, to protect yourself against COVID during this time, uh, using uh, therapeutic remedies to protect the first layer and the second layer. So we'll start with the Anamaya Kosha. And the Anamaya Kosha is actually the physical layer. We talked about this a little bit last time. It's your physical body, it's your five senses, it's how you navigate the world physically. So um, when you're working with this, this layer, it's much more about how you, sometimes it's called the food body. Um, the layers move incrementally inward. So we spoke last time about how the koshas operate, the five layers going in and in and in more deeply. But this is the first layer so all the other layers move incrementally inward. So the only layer you can see is the physical body. And we strengthen this body uh, with the food we eat, with postures. So in yoga, the the traditional yoga uh, pantheon, we're actually using uh, the physical body, the physical postures are used predominantly just to, Uh, to strengthen this physical layer. They only comprise about 10% of the entire yogic realm. So a lot of people come to yoga wanting to do the postures. That's why they get started. Uh, I think I've mentioned before, when we spoke, um, I wanted to lose weight when I first got started. And you know how yoga is, it just kind of keeps skyballing and you just continue to go with it. So... um, I'd like to speak a little bit about the food part of it because what you eat, especially now during COVID is extremely important in terms of how you nourish this layer of the body. And traditional yogic recommendations uh, incorporate a largely vegetarian diet, uh, not eating a lot of meat. Uh, We want to eat foods that are light. Uh, because each layer feeds the layer that follows it. So the lighter the foods that you eat, the more you will become light. And I don't mean literally physically light, although that, that can happen certainly, but we want to become the physical body to become the ability to lighten and move into the prana body. So the Anamaya Kosha, the food body, is strongly affected by the foods that you ingest. And there are ways that we do this ingesting. Uh, One thing that's extremely important that we don't spend a lot of time on most people is actually uh, chewing your food extremely well. uh, Predominantly avoiding dairy, dairy products quite a bit. We want to to eat a diet that doesn't, especially now with COVID, that doesn't incorporate a lot of dairy because dairy will create more mucus and virus loves a mucusy environment. We want to eat foods that uh, are a good balance of acid and alkaline. Viruses tend to like to live in super acidic environments. So foods that are more acid-forming are creating an environment that a virus would love to be in. And all a virus is doing is um, its job, and its job is to mutate. So uh, when we don't create the situations in our own physical body, that encourage the growth of virus. They don't really want to spend a lot of time with us and they'll move on to a host that that, um, assists them in a a better form. Um, So if you were to take like a vegetable-based diet and hold uh, say like a leaf or a piece of celery or something like that up to the sunlight, you would see that the prana of the sun is coming through um, these vegetables or um, these lighter foods that we want to be ingesting. Whereas if you took a piece of like salami or a side of chicken or a big piece of meat and held it up to sunlight, you can't see through it. So when you eat these denser foods, you become more physically dense. And when you become more physically dense, prana has a harder time getting into various parts of your body. So the lighter your diet, the lighter your life, the lighter your joy, uh, the lighter your ability to, um, when we move into the vital layer, the prana body, um, your ability to absorb and take in prana and literally become light. Um, so diet plays a huge role in this. I, I want to yeah. ask a question.
0: Yeah, sure. So a question's come up. Can you explain about the alkaline and acid? Yes. Exactly what does that entail? Okay. Okay. Thanks. so
1: um, more acidic foods would be like beans tomatoes eggplants um, peppers potatoes those are all very acidic they're very acid forming and um, more alkaline foods actually lime is is very alkaline you can actually squeeze lime in water to create a more alkaline environment we want to naturally have uh, a neutral blood pH for a human is about 7.2. So most people, most Americans with our typical diet, our acidity level is much, much higher. It's usually about 4, 4.5. And that's where you start running into a a range that threatens um, illness, stuff like that. Uh, Coffee is quite acidic something that you can do to help uh, to, to neutralize the acid in coffee. A lot of coffee drinkers, I, I love coffee. I don't drink a lot of it, but I do drink a cup every day. Um, adding cardamom to your coffee can be extremely helpful for acidity. Um, also, alcohol, wine is quite acidic. When, you, when you're when you too acid, your blood will have to to neutralize your pH. You're going to have to take calcium from your bones, um, to mix the pH and to, to try to elevate your pH slightly. And what happens is the residue from this mixing causes uh, the leftover calcium to get deposited in the joints. And that's how we actually get arthritis. So the reason that people literally get arthritis, I mean, their genetics and lots of other factors, but the reason this stuff happens is actually because we're eating a diet over and over and over again, that's too acidy for us. So um, doing stuff, you can do lemon. A lot of people do lemon and water. Lime and water is actually even more alkalizing. It's very beneficial to us. Avoiding uh, bubbly foods like um, sodas, um, even, even like sparkling water is pretty disturbing to our prana, but it's also, uh, it's too acid- acidy for us to be taking on a regular basis. Carrie, one,
0: one of my one of the questions is if um, you know this, it may be difficult for individuals to make a change to yes. having a balance, uh, to bring their pH into balance. And yes. um, how, what do you recommend? How sh- could one possibly begin to transition from eating dense foods to lighter yes. foods?
1: So what I would recommend is, you know, people that tend to jump in whole hog, even with yoga. I mean, as yoga teachers, we've all seen this, you know, the person comes to a yoga class, they're blown away. They start doing yoga five days a week. And within three or four months, they've completely stopped. It's just too much to take in. Um, What seems to work better is um, a a simpler approach where you might start to introduce uh, Higher quality foods. Say you may begin to shop organically or, or buy some things that are more organic. Doing things like uh, eliminating like uh, super acidy stuff. Say like um, you know tomato sauces. You know eaten regularly. Uh, you know maybe just start to moderate or take things like that a little bit less. Introducing um, more cooked vegetables into your diet. Uh, Just a little bit at a time, things that can be very grounding, like uh, squash is wonderful, turnips. um, We're moving into the the fall season, where you want to be taking in foods that grow downward. It helps to ground us, stuff that can grow now. We want to eat seasonally, so the things that we can eat around this time are um, Mm -hmm. uh, radishes, turnips, parsnips, um, squashes are all very good for the spleen and the stomach and can really help us to balance. Um, they're also not not acidy at all. So they can really help us in that those kind of ways. Yes,
0: someone has asked, um, what about kombucha? And I'm not sure if they mean kombucha. kombucha. Do you know about, it's K-A-M-P-U-C-H-E-A. I think they mean kombucha. kombucha. Kombucha.
1: Okay. Here's the deal with kombucha. Kombucha is extremely pop- popular now, and um, it's fine up to a point, but it should take be taken very moderately. It creates a tremendous amount of heat in the liver, just like alcohol does. And kombucha, in and of itself, is not an alcoholic drink. It has a low uh, alcohol content. it It is slightly acid, but um, the probiotics in it can be excellent. Also, if you are on antibiotics, don't drink it while you're taking antibiotics because the strains of probiotic in it will actually, in some cases, kill off the antibiotic that you're taking. So you want to be careful, especially that um, it can be beneficial, but only moderately.
0: And, and someone, um, Sherry, someone has asked, um, could you please talk more about alkaline foods that are beneficial?
1: Sure. Stuff like kale is great. Uh, broccoli is fine. Generally speaking, uh, a lot of green vegetables are more alkaline. Um, you can, you know, create alkaline alkaline smoothies if you if you take smoothies. Um, meat is quite acid, so you would want to avoid that. But again, broccoli, cauliflower. Uh, kale um foods that grow upward can can be highly helpful too like just taking a little bit of chives or something that are growing up and their chives are great for the liver sprinkling uh, some chopped little bits of chive um into your food another great thing that people tend to stay away from we hear get you know a mixed message about this is salt salt is a crystal salt is going to alkalize you it's one of the most alkaline things that we have on the planet it because it's a crystal it draws energy toward it so in moderation salt is one of the most important foods we can possibly eat and people are avoiding it because they think it causes high blood pressure and that's really incorrect information so salt in moderation is fantastic
0: good we have questions coming so and can you talk about fruits? And someone has said, I believe most nuts are good.
1: Yes, nuts are slightly acidic, but nuts are, you know, nuts as a protein, are it can be great. Uh, cashews, not so much. I love cashews. They're one of my favorites. They're very high in lectins and uh, can create the same type of problems that um, tomatoes, eggplants, uh potatoes, peppers can create in our bodies. So you would want to avoid cashews. I try to avoid cashew milk. I do, you know, encourage people to take um, almond milk, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, even macadamia nut milk, which I love. I like foods that have a lot of fat in them. And, um, you know, people people stay away from fats, but it's, you know, again, it's incorrect information. If you eat healthy fat appropriately you will generally be very healthy and much more slim so uh, that's yeah
0: that's exciting to me (laughs) um so did you did you speak
1: about fruits oh no not not really no oh okay um fruits so depending on where you're living you want to eat fruits that grow in the climate you live in so like up here in north america you know we could have a little orange tree out on our deck in the summer but when winter comes no try to eat stuff that's seasonal and local you don't you really do not want to eat fruits like um uh you know a lot of oranges grapefruits stuff like that in a northern climate uh in the winter so you'd be judicious. I mean, they're high in vitamin C. It's fine to eat them up to a degree. But if you think about drinking a glass of orange juice in the winter in Alaska, um, it's taken like maybe 12 to 18 oranges to create that one glass of juice. That's a lot of expansion, a lot of acidity. You know, that would never be able to grow in a climate, you know, like Alaska.
0: Yes, and so what about oats? Um, Someone, LaDonna Wilson says, I've heard mixed things about oats.
1: You hear mixed stuff about oats. Yeah, I hear mixed stuff about oats too. I think oats are fine. Um, oats are something that you know could grow j- pretty much almost just about anywhere. Um, yes, they are slightly acidy. Some people say they carry molds just because of the way that they're grown. Um, I love oat milk. I use it a lot. I eat oatmeal almost every single day. My husband's from Scotland, <laughs> you know, he's never going to stop having oatmeal. Um, you can put like sometimes a little seaweed in your oatmeal or a little bit of sea salt to alkalize it in a, a nice way. Cook them quite a long time, uh, you know, to kill any any stuff that might be in them. But I think oats are great.
0: Here's another question, Sherry. So, um, can you speak briefly on what causes high blood pressure, if not salt? Okay. Then what?
1: So uh, acidity can cause high blood pressure. Uh, generally, inappropriate intake of fats is a high high cause of high blood pressure. Um, like obviously eating you know significant amount of meat which does have fats in it, meets very acid. When we're too acidic, we store fat in the body. When we have a higher level of acidity in the body, we start to store fats in inappropriate places. If you're eating healthy fats, uh, like oils, I eat a lot of oil, uh, I eat almost no meat. If, if I feel compelled to eat it, I have a three-day uh, little rule i go by if i still crave the thing in three days i will eat it generally but uh you want to you know kind of avoid stuff that that has a fat quality that tends towards acidity you know stuff like you know mediterranean diet they you know in italy they eat tons of oil there's almost no obesity there you know people lived the reason they've had such a hard time with COVID there is because they had so many people in their 80s and 90s still living in a healthy way. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, so here's another question. How do you recommend using chia, uh, flax, and hemp seeds?
1: Okay, that's a great question. And if you're into it, one of the healthiest things you can do is add those to a breakfast porridge. If you're taking oats, it's an incredible way to add protein to your diet in the morning. I put quite a bit in and um, you can other, also use other black seeds. Um, in, in, you know, Sometimes I'll make something I call black porridge um, and you're increasing the capacity for that porridge to heat and nourish you throughout a good portion of the day. You can also add them to smoothies But I like to cook them because it makes them a little more digestible.
0: So here we go, there are more.
1: Okay. Um, Do you eat fish? Yes, I don't eat it often, but... um, How often do you eat it? I eat it um, maybe once a month. I think you can safely eat it up to two days a week. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the island of Acaria. It's an island where people had incredible longevity. Uh, It's in Greece, and uh, a man. There's a a famous article that was written in the New York Times about a man who had terminal uh, cancer. He had lung cancer. He'd come from that island. He had had 13 doctors evaluate him. They all told him in his 50s he was dying of lung cancer. He moved back to his native island, and he died at the age of 102 or 103. And when they asked if he had what his doctors had to say, he said, "I don't know. They're all dead." So I love that. The diet care is meat twice a month, uh, fish twice a week, 10 ounces of coffee a day for the coffee lovers in the group, two to three glasses of wine a day, uh, all homegrown vegetables, or ve- if you don't have access to homegrown vegetables, uh, vegetables that they grow themselves, and beans. And that's the, those are the basics of their diet. They use oils. Um, If they do drink alcohol, they drink it communally, not alone. Um, But you can find the article. It's an older article. It was written maybe 10 10 years ago or so. Uh, But it's in the New York Times. There's a whole Blue Zone information about it. The island is spelled. It's I-K-A-R-I-A.
0: Good. Um, Sherry. Yes. um, Someone, uh, it's Eileen Norton, and she's saying... Is it more important to eat locally grown fruit or are there certain fruits that by their nature are more alkaline?
1: Oh, interesting. Well, yeah, so it, for example, limes are actually alkaline when you put them into water. So I don't have them every day in the winter, but I will squeeze a half a lime into water to alkalize, to neutralize my pH. You can do it with lemon, but lime is more effective. And she asked about
0: bananas. She says, I've been getting fruit from Whole Foods delivered. My bananas have a label from Mexico, M-E-Z-I-C-O. She might have met Mexico. Yeah. Um, so is that a problem that she has a so bananas?
1: My, I really widen things out a lot in the summer months. Uh, but when it starts getting cold, bananas are, are going to make your body cold and coughic So bananas produce a slight amount of mucus. So you might find that you, your body is starting to produce a bit of mu- mucus if you're um, taking, taking in banana uh, going into the winter months. But a, a little bit of banana is okay. It is an extremely high carbohydrate. Uh, it has extreme, extremely high carbohydrate content. So if someone has diabetes or something like that, you definitely want to avoid bananas. Someone
0: says kiwi instead of bananas.
1: Yeah. Again, summertime food. But in the summer, enjoy it. Yeah. And what about eggs? Okay. So eggs are highly contractive to the body. Um, They can be safely eaten. I eat them a few times a month. Some people eat them you know a few times a week don't eat them every day uh if you think about the very contractive quality to the inner organs tightening the organs tightening the liver um they're a little you know nucleus in and of themselves hard shell uh over a long period of time they can make people uh very contracted mm-hmm. so they 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 can be very helpful don't you know like a, a an egg a day in a smoothie no you know, it's just not the right thing.
0: So, putting drops of essential oils, lemon, lime, maybe others, is also quite popular these days. Yes. What do you think? I like fresh lemons and lime, and well, I just don't get it. Can you speak to that? Yes. So, I. And, and she says, then she said, essential oils in water.
1: Yes. So, okay. a lot of people are doing that. And it can be a nice flavor enhancer, but essentially, the fresher, Everything. So the freshness of what you're taking in has to do with the prana body. So what's happening is um, like, say the difference between a fresh fruit and a dried fruit, similar with the essential oil drops. If you can ingest something fresh, you're taking in more prana, you're taking in more life force. So you're going to benefit from that experience. The fresher the, the thing you can take in, the more helpful to you. I'm not sure that answers that. Um, the drops are way less fresh. It's fine, but it's not the same thing at all as taking fresh lime or fresh lemon.
0: What is an activity that would help us to bring more balance
1: to the Anamaya kosha To the kosha Yes. Um, postures. Asana.
0: Yes. Yeah. Are there any particular ones that stand out for you or do you just say practice yoga practice yoga but
1: i would say during covid stuff like um vera, vera one two and three the warrior series Badrasana one vira two vira three go things that empower us give us the capacity to feel strong and empowered postures like that, uh, even more challenging postures that force focus, like, uh, you know, I don't mean physically challenging, but stuff like Dandasana. Dandasana, you know, takes a lot of prana. It takes a lot of life force to just sit in that reflective capacity. Even Shavasana. I mean, people have been doing a lot of stuff at home, you know? Yeah.
0: I, I was just going to say that I, I when I was teaching, and, you know, in, our, in the teacher training, people would be surprised when they learned how how much prana, shavasana yielded yeah. Yeah. and how important it, it was.
1: Yeah. They say it's the hardest asana. It is. Yeah.
0: It is. Yeah.
1: Most
0: I learned of. that too. Yeah. So, so we have, it's exactly 2.29. So we have approximately 15 minutes. Do you want to visit a little with the second uh, kosha Pranavaya that you're going to Masha? share about?
1: Yes. So the pranamaya kosha is the breath layer. It's the breath body. It's sometimes called the vital body. And this is the electromagnetic field that exists around us. Some, it's a component of it is part of our aura. Um, It's the layer that has to do with, um, you know, say, if you see uh, images or pictures of great saints like Buddha or... um, Jesus, the halo that exists around that their images that's the pranamaya kosha theirs is so strong it's so enhanced that it's glowing and what this glow does is um it allows us to to send our pranic vibration off of uh off our bodies and that's when you see you know pictures of jesus or buddha or other famous saints krishna whatever um that glow is their prana body so their prana body is just glowing with life force um if you take your your hand and place it on a, a kirlian ball your hair will stand on end, and that's the, the prana body so the the physical hair our hair is the only part of the the pranamaya kosha that actually exists in the physical layer. The rest of it is just a vibrational component. So to make that strong, we have to use appropriate breathing.
0: Yes, absolutely. Sherry, when you do this and you feel that energy is, oh, everyone, I'm bringing my palms together and just sort of Fashioning a ball. Oh, first you rub your hands together, and that is prana. Yes. you can feel it. You feel that. Yes.
1: So prana is, you know, everything that exists here in this physical world as we see and perceive it. Uh, the pranamaya kosha is prana as it exists within us. So, learning to use appropriate breathing techniques, we begin to learn how to utilize. Prana in our own physical body.
0: So we're going to go back because I have two questions that popped up about what do you mean by contracted in reference to the body? And okay. can, you, can you go into a little bit on eating egg and contracting the body? So they're both about okay. contraction. Yeah. So we can and make- then we'll come back to prana. prana.
1: That's prana. Something. So everything in our universe is vibrating or oscillating at a rate that's specific to whatever that thing is uh, you know, within us or outside of us. Um, so, uh, who we are as people, we expand and we contract. So our bodies, everything in this universe is expanding and contracting, uh, day and night, men, women, they're always polar opposites that are existing. Um, parts of our internalized physical body are incredibly expanded. Other parts contract and close down. So um, it has to do with centrifugal and centripetal force, which you may have studied in science in like seventh or eighth grade. Um, I'm not gonna go into it too deeply, but certain foods are very expansive. Fruits, for for example, other foods are much more contractive like eggs and salt and meat. Um, Eggs are probably next to salt in terms of a typical diet the most expansive I mean most contractive foods that we we would typically eat over time, so what happens is over time we eat eggs, the organs start to to not shut down but they start to contract, and they they as they contract they're they're not as effective in their jobs, so that's kind of a simplistic way of explaining it but
0: would would it also be that a person's personality could and could right. contract if they're consuming too much
1: I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't really going to go there, but they've done studies interestingly uh where they found with a lot of uh savants, people who, you know, may have low intelligence in certain areas but you know, very strong, you know, ability in music or art or whatever, a lot of them uh eat an incredibly high uh egg Based diet. Mm -hmm. So certain specific areas are developed and just interesting scientific information. But um, generally speaking, over time, people that eat a lot of eggs often isolate from other people. I mean, yes, energetically, if you think of the egg, it's completely encapsulated its own little experience. You know, it's a hard shell with, with this other stuff that could create something living inside it. It's interesting. Another thing that does it is baking, baking, eating a lot of baked goods. You're putting a lot of contractive energy into the oven and into the little pan it's in and sending energy in. And over time, people that eat a lot of stuff like breads and cakes and things that are baked can have the same type of problems and a lot of dryness in the body in terms of their inner organs because they become so contracted.
0: So there are two questions. We've got five minutes. So I know I'm going to have you back, Sherry, because there's just so much to learn about, about the koshas. Someone wants to know if egg whites cause the same amount of contraction as the whole egg.
1: Great question. Less so
0: less so okay so, but you still shouldn't eat them every day
1: not all the time no by right. by any means no not not and uh, again eggs can be a little mucusy too especially during covid you don't want to you know create that but um great protein source but um yeah not in moderation for sure i try okay. to eat sometimes i eat a little more than that especially in the colder weather but i try to eat them about twice a month mhm
0: so someone asked also if we um Do we have tips? Do you have tips about how to teach students about prana in an asana class? And then first, but this question, does the kosha diet you've recommended align with eating for your dosha?
1: Interesting question. Um, They are two different things. Yes. Um, yeah, I, that's a whole. I mean, we that's, could. We'll we'll talk I, about that I next. Love to do a whole day. Yeah, I'm we'll
0: we'll we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, great question. You know, because it's to some keep degree, your question yes. and join us, Eileen Norton, yes. next time. Sherry is is with us, and it'll yeah. be soon. So, what are some of the tips for teaching prana in an asana class?
1: For. T- so generally speaking i find uh you know especially if it's beginning people or that are new to prana uh you know to pranayam um i remember when i first started taking yoga i was taking a kundalini class and i would sit in the back of the room and you know just kind of gleefully say you know i'm not doing the prana the pranayam and they can't, <laughs> tell. they can't tell i'm not doing it the reason i couldn't do it was because it's It was too much for me at that stage. So generally speaking, I I like to introduce maybe one very simple pranayama to beginning students, also getting the notion in place early days, you know, prana, you take prana or life force in through the nose, if you're breathing through your mouth, you're taking in oxygen, but you're not taking any prana in. Yes, and you know, I
0: I can add from from when I was teacher training that one of the the ways that students learn about prana is through the experience. Yes. Just how they feel after they've done the practice, after they've learned how to do conscious breathing, it's really quite a jolt that you feel so remarkably different once you are realizing and are able to appreciate prana.
1: Excellent point. It's so true. It's it's so experiential.
0: And then, um, oh my goodness, Sherry, this is just so exciting. And um, I, I can't tell you how, what a pleasure it is to have you. Oh, I, I like to ask, oh, here comes another one. Let me ask this. Let's see if I can. Sorry for laying this one on you. When I got my 200 hour, we also studied Ayurveda because it's a sister science to yoga. Yeah. I really dove into the study of the doshas. Looking forward to your future webinar addressing this topic. Oh, yes,
1: sure. I will absolutely do that. I yes, we'll do
0: it, and thank you. And, yes, thank you, Eileen. i will
1: create a ton of stuff about foods during that. So yes, and, and we'll
0: pick up. Know. We'll pick up with the pranamaya kosha and move into how this these koshas impact the doshas. Yes, beautiful. And what's the distinction between them? And so it's it's I like to ask all of my guests, is there something that sort of was r- ruminating with you that you want to share with our audience? Something that, you know, you feel like I, I've got to say this, I've got to share this during the Sangha. And you mentioned some supplements that could help people. Yes.
1: yes. Um, you know, one thing I would recommend, well, there, there are loads of things to, to recommend. Uh, and I, you know, have a lot of, lot of stuff about that. Uh, one thing that can be super helpful is they're finding more and more with this, that COVID is actually an autoimmune disorder. It is not a lung and heart problem. It has to do with the immunity. And that's why they can't really tell you know, some people that are very elderly get this and completely recover. A 107-year-old woman just recovered recently. Um, most likely because she had strong immunity. So um, the immune system is very different than the lung and heart stuff. So if you have strong immunity, um, you can, you know, often recover more quickly from this. Um, one thing I recommend, and we could talk a lot more about this, um, but gargling. Can be very very helpful with this particular. It strengthens the vagus nerve, but it also um, helps to prevent. What they're finding is if COVID actually gets into the lungs, that's when people are getting problems. So if you do things to prevent it from going below the neck level, you can help yourself. I like to gargle with an Ayurvedic mouthwash that I add. Um, and you know, no brand names here, but you can you know, there are many many Ayurvedic mouthwashes that you can get. And I actually add colloidal silver uh, to the mouthwash, gargle with it and spit it out. So if you go out and you're in the public and you know that you're you, you know, have been around people, you can do that with the gargling and then expel it. And uh you're not you know, we can talk about colloidal silver at a later time, but you're not actually ingesting the colloidal silver. And then I follow it with an oral probiotic. So these you actually suck on. They have strains of bacteria that have nothing to do with the gut bacteria. So this is a whole different deal. And a friend of mine tried one of these. She hadn't taken them ever before. She'd had a sore throat for three weeks. She used an oral probiotic and her sore throat was gone the next day. Great. Those are just simple things, but gargling. There are many, many things you can do. I mean, I've got a host of stuff.
0: Yes. So. Well, we will continue, uh, Vidya Sherry Ryan. Uh, again, it has been such a pleasure Thank you to so have dramatic. you on the Yoga Alliance Community Sangha, and I, I'm also pretty sure that we will have you do a webinar where people can get continuing continuing oh, sure. credits. So we will look into that, and uh, this has just been wonderful. And let us join our voices, and we'll end this sangha just the way we began, by chanting Om. And let's bring our hands into a mudra. Place your your hands on your lap. Ha. <sighs> let's all sigh it out. Inhale. Ha. <sighs> Good. And with this next breath. We will honor Sherry for joining us today. Thank you all so much. Yes, and chant the sound om. Inhale, om, shanti, shanti, and someone says, please, what's the oral, what's the probiotic called? Okay,
1: that's (laughs) what I love. Um, This one's, the company is called NatureWise and you actually suck on it. It's mint flavored. So if you're taking like a homeopathic, don't take it for 20 minutes around then, but it's called Oral Health Probiotic.
0: And uh, here's a
1: great mouthwash. Sometimes you find it at TJ Maxx. Um, (laughs) Oromere Ayurvedic mouthwash. There are many, many Ayurvedic mouthwash that are excellent. I also recommend oil pulling, but that's for another time.
0: Yes, we'll get deeper into that. Um, So namaste. Thank you so much to our audience.